Brewers and the players met for something in the range of five hours yesterday down in Florida. Not really much of anything got settled. There were a few new names and faces involved. And, you know, I'm still waiting for the first tiniest indication that Bob Nutting's a part of this. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. I, I could go through the whole list of what what went on back and forth as reported by multiple sources, how there was some dinky $5 million give on the owner's part as it related to some arbitration pool or whatever. Nothing really happened that would qualify as progress. And I say that simply and solely because the competitive balance tax apparently never came up. This is only everything, as I've been saying throughout. The owners believe they have found their own de facto ceiling, even though there isn't a salary cap system, and even though the player's side isn't smart enough to concede a salary floor so that they could make more money and the owners aren't about to bend on the ceiling that they've got in place, at least not very much. All the rest of this is window dressing. It is. And on top of that, it comes with the players having very little to concede. They have very little in the way of bargaining power or chips. They have the ability to reject the owner's wish to have an expanded playoff, to go from 10 teams to 14. Instead, the players look like they would settle for 12 only to maintain a bargaining chip. Never mind that those same players will then be, at least some of them, left out of the playoffs because they voted against them. Again, some of the dumbest things come up in the context of labor negotiations, and that one's in my top five. But that was part of it. The other part of what was seen as encouraging, in addition to the fact that they met as long as they did, although a lot of that time was reported to have been uh, spent separately. In other words, they'd meet for a little bit, and then they'd go sit somewhere separately for several hours and then come back and meet again. It also could have been seen as encouraging toward a resolution that two new owners and team executives were in on the talks, as was, for the first time, Tony Clark himself. Imagine being the union chief and not showing up for any of the talks until this point. But the one name that I haven't heard that I'd been looking for throughout, including through my own channels, is that of one Robert M. Nutting. Nowhere to be found. Not one trace of his name coming up in even a passing mention, a glancing notation, like tiny subscript at the bottom of an article. Oh yeah, by the way, Bob Nutting was there. There's nothing, there's nothing 
There's been no connection whatsoever within these talks to the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I'm sure that can be justified and rationalized within 115 Federal. But it's not okay. It's just not. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Look, I know there's a fine for speaking up. Anybody at all who does it, even mentioning a player's name. If Ben Charrington were to do it in Bradenton, if Derek Shelton were to do it, never mind going all the way up to Travis Williams and even further to Nutting himself. I get that part. I'm not suggesting that any of them, including the owner, get on the horn with me and give me some big exclusive interview and blast the whole process. Okay, this isn't this isn't being stupid. But I've been around enough of these to know when a team's ownership is directly involved and when they're just passengers. In the 2004 NHL lockout that I covered meaning like really covered on a daily basis for the Post-Gazette, flying back and forth to New York when there were meetings, all the stuff that you're reading about right now that's happening in Jupiter, Florida, that's the kind of stuff that I was doing in 2004. And I was aware in some form or other of what the Pittsburgh Penguins' stance was, of what their ownership stance was, of where they were, what they were doing, who was flying back and forth to New York to participate directly in the talks. None of this, none of this is coming from 115 Federal. Not a whit. And based on previous inaction and previous ratifying votes that went right along with a system that's designed to destroy baseball in cities slash markets like Pittsburgh, I don't have any precedent or any cause right now to believe that this team or this owner is doing anything, much less everything that it could be doing. Tell me, please, how I'm wrong on that count. Show me, please, the first indication that you have, that you've read, that you've heard, that suggests that the Pirates and or Nutting are doing a damn thing right now. When this negotiation appears to be at a really important hour, tell me how surprised you'll be when, let's say next Monday comes around, because that's the deadline day that's been set up by the owners to ensure that the season could get off to its scheduled start. Let's say that there's a big kumbaya moment and they walk out of there and all the owners that you would have expected to be in there are in there and they reach an agreement and everyone except 
Scott Boris is happy, and even Boris is a little happy because they made it through another few years to come without a salary cap system. And you'll find out that the ratifying vote to approve this deal will be 30 to nothing. 30 to nothing. And you won't have to wonder how the Pirates voted, or for that matter, how much they cared at any point in the process to try to make this system more favorable for baseball in Pittsburgh. When we come back, just one question. J1Q comes from Corbin, who asks, what type of improvements should we expect, if any, from the Pirates this season? Well, I'm going to throw one at you, first of all, that's, I'm kind of cheating here a little bit, but I'm going to point out that their offense will be improved, if only because they'll have a DH. Yeah, I know, everyone's going to have a DH, but at least it'll feel like less of a graveyard once you get past the five or six spot in the batting order. Look, it's not going to be great. Nobody goes from 101 losses to something that makes anyone happy in the span of a year, particularly when the system hasn't changed and the payroll won't change. And on top of that, the prospects who are most likely to affect real change, meaningful change, aren't close enough to do that yet. It's not going to be something dramatic. I look at the lineup overall and see that there's some hope, particularly in presuming that a full year of Yoshi Tsutsugo will make a difference. I don't know that he'll be able to hit the way he did in his six weeks last summer. You know, spring and optimism and all that other stuff. Maybe he can. I'd like to think that Kibrian Hayes, being a year removed from the wrist issues that he had, will get back to pulling the ball and showing more power. I'd like to think that Brian Reynolds has established himself as a known, consistent, predictable commodity. Of course, I mean that in the very best way. So you've got something at the top of the order. You've got something up there. It's not overwhelming by any stretch, but it can be. It has the potential to be. That's not an opinion on my part. That's something that's put down on paper through their history. It can be something. What do you have with the rest of the group? I don't know. You know, Michael Chavis, Ben Gamble, You'd like to think they can be decent hitters. Anthony Alford, I just don't have confidence in, and I won't until I see something from him that lasts more than a week. You're going to see a significant downgrade in offense from the catching position, uh, given the way Roberto Perez has hit compared to the decent bat that Jacob Stallings offered. And the bench is the bench. When you start talking about a bench, you've already gone too far when you're following up on a 101-loss team. The pitchers are going to tell the story here. The pitchers are everything, still, as they have been throughout baseball history. If you can get 
a bounce back year of sorts from JT Brubaker. That's something. If you can get Mitch Keller to weave whatever magic he's showing now on his Instagram account with his 100-mile-an-hour fastball all of a sudden and everything, if you get some sort of breakout from Keller, uh, there's a lot of ifs here. There's a lot of them. Bryce Wilson, Will Crow, guys that need to show some consistency who've done it only in small spurts. The bullpen's got a solid back end. We have no idea what it's got in what appears to be currently a mushy middle. How much better are they going to be? I don't know. I don't know. I, I I can't see that it would be much better. But then I also haven't seen the new labor agreement, and I haven't seen what impact, if any, it'll have on the Pirates, and I haven't seen what final moves still need to be made. Remember that Charrington was making moves through spring training last year based on what he saw or didn't see in Bradenton. So the roster could still get some kind of upgrade between now and whenever opening day falls. I know it sounds like I'm ducking your question here, dude. I'm not. I I swear. It's just that it's a difficult one to answer. I am generally pessimistic about the 2022 season, including from the key standpoint that there's progress in Pittsburgh meaning general progress, meaning just watching the team get better. And I reserve the right to hold that pessimistic stance until proven otherwise. Notice that I didn't even mention O'Neill Cruz or Rwanzi Contreras because we don't know where they're going to start out. If they're not in Pittsburgh, they can't make a difference in Pittsburgh. And who knows where the labor agreement will take that subject. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We will do another one.